This is David Wilson and welcome to episode 15 of On Another Track. Welcome to On Another Track with me, David Wilson, exploring people and places from around the world. A podcast series that takes you where you've never been and probably where you never want to go. On Another Track is talking to people that we can't meet with face to face. We use remote video technology and software to see what they have to say. Okay, so um, sorry, I stopped you mid-flow there. Go go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, Sean's, Sean and I met, uh, what, about eight years ago now? Yeah. Okay. About seven or eight, seven years ago, um, I started roughly 10, nine and a half, 10 years ago in the, in the, in the company in Edmonton. That's the voice of one of my three guests this week, Jeff Greeno. He's joined by his boss, Sean Chang, and his colleague, Colton Babick. I first met Jeff and Colton at the side of the road, would you believe? They both work for a company called Slimplified Marketing. What I was most impressed with when I first met them was their adept sales skills and how they built bridges with their customers. It was like good old door-to-door sales, but with a modern twist. Listen as they take us on a journey of opportunity and hope. This is especially applicable to people who are feeling they're lost at the moment in the current world climate. Bottom line, it's all about getting the sale with a smile and they do it brilliantly. I first started by asking Sean how you got started in the business of direct sales. So I started um, the company about uh, six years ago now. It's July of 2014 uh, here in Calgary. And so uh, basically the way our business works, it's almost like a, a franchise model essentially. Um, without like, you know, the franchise fees and and all that kind of stuff. So really the investment rather than, you know, the financial side is uh, more so kind of your blood, sweat and tears for about six to 12 months, you know, moving through what we call our management training program. Uh, So I started out the exact same spot, you know, seven years ago, um, you know, doing exactly what Jeff was doing when when you ran into him there at the gas station, uh, you know, promoting our FW1 products, you know, at different locations and whatnot. And so, you know, I kind of went through the training program, took me just less than a year. And then once I completed that is when I opened my own company, you know, Simplified Marketing here in Calgary, right? So Okay. And is Simplified part of a larger sort of conglomerate of companies or is it just you've got one office and it's based in Calgary? Yeah. So like I said, it's kind of like the franchise model, um, but, you know, we're each independently owned and operated. So the the way it works is we kind of have the same, you know, supplier uh, who, you know, provides all of our clients and our products and whatnot, but we kind of run, you know, our office and our company kind of independently, right? Okay. And do you basically sell anything on everything or do you have a certain range of products that you like to really key in on? Yeah, there is quite a variety. Um, but once again, it is kind of just whatever, you know, we have available from, you know, our suppliers and whatnot. So anything from, you know, the FW1 automotive cleaning products to, you know, we have like the sauna comfort massage units, uh, we deal with cosmetics, um, you know, different things inside of Costco, anything from yeah cleaning products to health and wellness, and, uh, kind of the whole nine yards, right? So we're constantly kind of changing you know, our products and, and whatnot, you know, as we gain new clients and whatnot as well, right? Yeah, and you happen to mention, uh, you know, companies such as Costco, which, you know, we often see when we're walking out that, uh, you know, they can actually hustle us like they can in a, a gas station, you know, which, again, that's how I met Jeff. And I love hustling. I mean, I think for me, hustling is really where you learn the basics of sales. You know, it's the way to interpret with people in a very quick succession. You have to do it within 10 to 20 seconds. 
So how do you go about selling in Costco where you're a bit more restricted? Yeah, it's definitely a little bit different. Um, definitely want to still have that same kind of hustle, you know, mentality, you know, like you just mentioned there, right? And that same kind of, you know, intensity, but of course, with a little bit more, you know, kind of professionalism and keeping in mind the compliance side of things as well, right? But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the, the beauty of our business is we kind of have our kind of four main marketing systems that we teach and we follow. And regardless of what, you know, retailer we're working with or what, you know, client we're promoting, um, you know, it, it's all the same marketing system. So as long as you can master those systems, which is what we teach you from day one, um, you know, you should be able to pick up any different products or, you know, go into any different kind of store and be able to catch on that new program within a couple of days, right? Yeah, because sales is sales, isn't it, at the end yeah. of the day? It's, it's, it's a basic format to it. Um, so let me let me delve into your history a little bit. Let me sort of see who Sean is under the surface. And, you know, these guys, these guys might want to have open ears. They might want to have closed ears, but it's often <laughs> you, you reveal things about people that you didn't realize, you know? So, so you're not going to tell me you started off thinking you were going to be a salesman when you were 11 or 12. Uh, not quite. No, I mean, uh, when I was going to school, you know, I was always thinking I was going to go, uh, you know, to university, become like a doctor, a lawyer, something crazy like that. Right. But um, actually, when I was 13, uh, still in junior high school, uh, one of my buddies that I was going to school with, uh, you know, got a job doing door to door sales here in Calgary uh, for the Calgary Herald newspaper. Um, and so he, you know, started up with them, was working a couple of weeks and was, you know, doing all right with it. So he kind of got me a job there. I um, mean, honestly, when I first started in sales, you know, I wasn't very good. Um, you know, I was actually about to get fired, you know, from that first job that I got going door to door within my first couple of weeks. But, you know, I, I had the opportunity to work with my manager at the time, you know, one on one with him going out on Sundays. And he kind of, you know, taught me everything that he knew. And, and I actually became one of the best guys, you know, in that business uh, from a very young age. So I did that for about eight years. Actually, I ended up dropping out of school, you know, after my first semester of uh, grade 10. So I didn't even complete the first year of high school and uh, got an opportunity to actually manage a team uh, for that same company. It's called Circulation Marketing. Um, so we did the door to door for the, the Calgary Herald and the National Post here in Calgary. Um, and then I kind of managed teams uh, with that company for a few years. So I worked from the, with that company from when I was like 13 until about 18, 19. Um, then I left and did some, you know, uh, life insurance sales. I worked, you know, uh, with car dealerships, doing car sales, uh, kind of ran a, another company as well back in the day doing door-to-door -door lead generation for a roofing company. So I've, I've kind of done it all, you know, before I ended up, uh, you know, opening up my own company with this business. Yeah. So you've done the, the what I call the, the coal face part of the sales and marketing uh, arena. Haven't you? you were digging the coal as well as sort of shoveling it and putting it into the barrels and getting it out of the pit. So really from 13, that you must be very, very motivated. What, what made you so motivated at that age? Honestly, you know, I just really wanted to be, you know, independent and, you know, growing up, I didn't really have, you know, a ton of money. Like my family wasn't very, you know, wealthy or anything by any means. Right. So, you know, if I wanted something, you know, I had to work for it, um, you know, and rather than having to do chores and, you know, whatever at home in order for my parents to pay for it, I'd rather, you know, just go out and get a job and make my own money so I could just spend it how I want it. Right. Got you. Got you. Do you mind me asking you a little bit about your family? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, cause it sounds as if, um, was your family originally from Canada when you go back in the generations or did you guys emigrate from anywhere originally? Yeah, like I was born and raised here in Calgary. Um, you know, same with, uh, same with my mom, I believe. Um, I'm not 100% sure. Actually, I've never been asked that before, but uh, the kind of Asian background and, and kind of the last name comes from my dad's side, <clears throat> who uh, wasn't really around when I was growing up. But yeah, he's originally from, uh, from Vietnam. So that's, kind of, um, so that's kind of where that side came from. But otherwise, um, yeah, I'm not really. Yeah. 
Asian at all. Aside from that, I'm pretty, pretty whitewashed for lack of better words, I guess. But, you know, I, I appreciate you being really honest about that. And especially in front of your colleagues, because some of that stuff is pretty difficult to bring up, you know, because you kind of put it away in the background, but you survived, don't you? You decided that I was going to take control of my life and move it along. And what would you say to somebody who's a young person today, who's probably in a similar situation, who's really doesn't have a lot of control over their life, do you think that sales is still the great place to go to really, you know, get a good roadmap to life and to really learn the rungs of the ladder? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's it's going to be dependent on, you know, that individual situation, right? But, you know, for someone who doesn't have, you know, a lot of education or, you know, a certain skill set or, you know, maybe didn't have, you know, uh, mentors like, you know, a father or mother in their life, you know, definitely that is one thing that really kind of got me, you know, invested into sales was, you know, when I uh, first started out doing that door to door thing with the newspapers, um, my, my manager at the time, Corey, you know, ended up becoming, you know, a really big mentor and, and almost like a big brother for me as well. Right. So, you know, he really kind of taught me a lot, not only about sales, but also just, you know, about kind of growing up and, uh, you know, setting goals and, and kind of, you know, getting into reading, setting good habits and different things like that. Right. So definitely for someone who, you know, like you mentioned, kind of uh, maybe is a little bit lost, you know, if you can find that mentor, which, you know, definitely in the sales industry, um, a lot of, you know, companies are kind of based around that where you can kind of take somebody under your wing and kind of show them the ropes. So it's, it's definitely a good place to be able to find that kind of coaching. And, you know, typically everyone has that kind of like-minded, you know, mindset of, you know, working on personal development, you know, reading good books and listening to, you know, podcasts or whatever it might be to kind of, you know, improve on yourself, right? And I love that. It's a great segue into how you kind of got your education and training. Because I'll, I'll reveal something. I mean, my father actually um, joined the British Army when he was 17 years old. You know, he was in, well, he came from the back streets of Glasgow, he had no education. He left school at 14. You know, very, very similar circumstances in many ways. He lost his dad at 13, you know. Um, but what was really interesting was he became an avid reader. He got himself educated through the military, through the army, and he became very well versed in all the classics and the great, you know, books of the world. So, what would you say if um, somebody again was in a similar position to you? You know, they got a great mentor, they found somebody who can really help them along finding that roadmap. What were some of the key books that you keyed in on when you were young and and really got you on the right lines? Can you remember them? Yeah, for sure. You know, definitely some kind of classics. Um, number one would be, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad uh, by Robert Kiyosaki. Uh, it's a great one to kind of teach you more of the kind of entrepreneurial mindset and, you know, kind of in regards to finances, you know, in comparison to being an employee and kind of running your own business and whatnot. Um, another great one is, uh, you know, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People um, by Dale Carnegie. Exactly right. And then, of course, you know, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. Um, you know, so definitely for someone that's kind of just starting out with the personal development side of things and getting into reading books, you know, that's definitely a great place to start. Um, you know, also anything by, you know, Stephen Covey or, uh, you know, Steve Maxwell or sorry, John Maxwell, all those, uh, all those guys have a ton of good stuff, right? Okay. So I'm going to move on to Jeff, give him a little bit, give uh, Sean a little bit of rest for a minute. He's drinking away and he's, uh, he's drinking there. <laughs> he's sweating over he's here. Over I here. know he did a good job, man. <laughs> you know, to throw him in there in the sort of deep end and ask some personal questions is always, uh, you know, especially when you're with colleagues, it can be kind of not embarrassing, but just something like you said, you'd never been asked before, you know? So Jeff, from your point of view, you guys met, was it six years ago, you said? Um, is that correct? About, about seven, seven and a half years ago. Okay. And repeat how you actually met. You said you were on a road trip. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, I started in one of Edmonton's office uh, where I'm born and raised. Uh, Sean was in Calgary and we we conglomerated a few, few of the guys, few of the representatives from each offices and uh, shared the 
the the land of of oil money uh, up in Fort McMurray, and uh, it was it was definitely a very fruitful uh, experience for for Beauchamp and I. And you know, we were toe to toe and we met, so it was just like you know, exact same experiences uh, in the sale. He started a bit younger than I had uh, uh, with with uh, experience. However, you know, we were both uh, very competitive. And, and very easygoing and, and you know very hardworking and so it was just a really great experience to meet a very responsible and uh, ethical um, individual who I actually looked up to even though I'm about 40 years older than <laughs> <laughs> but, you're bigger in a commission rise right yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, no but uh, so we met there and things just grew from there you know we networked uh, with each other um, uh, as, as I came back to Edmonton him to Calgary um, we decided you know like hey like I actually asked him, like, hey, is, do you think Scott, who's the owner at his office, is available to have another uh, individual or myself come to Calgary? And then so that would took about a year and and things just, uh, you know, our friendship grew or, you know, everything just grew. And he, and he ended up uh, opening his office as well. Yeah, it was interesting what you said that you said you were highly competitive, but also you were quite kind of like not shy, but you you didn't have a lot of experience and have a lot of confidence. Is that right? Did I read into that correctly when you first started? Like, for instance, he had mentioned uh, as he started at, at 14 years old, uh, I didn't start sales uh, in, the, in the business aspect uh, until I was about uh, 18, 19. I mean, I, I had a different upbringing, uh, different uh, challenges, personal challenges throughout my, my my life as well, which is which was uh, definitely difficult. But uh, so he he just had more. De- he started at a younger age. Yeah, and you you know you're like a red rag to the bull because you hinted there at some of your challenges in life. And you know, again, I love delving into people's backgrounds because I find people really really interesting and how they manage to navigate their lives. Are you okay to share some of your experiences of life before you kind of, you know, maybe left school when you were a bit younger? What were some of the challenges and what, how did that set you up for life and how did you view life? Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't mind at all. I grew up and was raised in a family, you know, we were well off, a lot of love, a lot of passion, a lot of, you know, caring um, and, and moralistic values. And it was just like, I couldn't have asked for a better family to be, <laughs> to be involved with. Um, I was, uh, I started out being very competitive in, in a sports, in the sports industry, you know, hockey started, uh, soccer, volleyball, but as soon as I picked up a basketball, you know, life game over. Um, I just, I, I, I played, uh, I didn't start basketball until grade seven or eight. Um, and, uh, I just excelled at all the summer camps and things like that. Um, but grade, grade 11, grade 12 hits. Um, and I lost a lot of opportunity. I made some mistakes with alcohol, uh, in grade 12, um, which, which was terrible because I didn't have a sip of alcohol until, you know, grade 12. And, um, I lost some scholarship offers. My dream was to play in the European basketball league. league. I, I, I knew I wasn't, uh, any form of relation to, to NBA, but, uh, you know, looked up to people like Steve Nash, Michael Jordan, so on and so forth. But, uh, and, uh, you know, once that happened, I just, uh, I kind of folded uh, inside. Okay. So you, you kind of mucked it up. You kind of did, you know, you, and you made the mistakes that like a lot of people, thousands of people do, but what did you do? When did you finally sort of realize, okay, I got to sort myself out. Was it the day you found yourself face down in a gutter somewhere totally, you know, <laughs> a tree or, or what was it? What what kind of was the turning point? Oh, which he which tree did I hit? Right. I mean, uh, when when that happened, uh, I was you know when it started. I graduated. I was able to um, you know I actually did. I dived into uh, just a, a small bit of sales and realized like holy cow, I actually enjoy cooking. Uh, at, right after high school, um, 
you know, I got into some, uh, some difficulties myself, uh, like in other aspects, um, and had to, um, be separated for a very short period of time, you know, got back into the service industry. So cooking and right then and there is when I realized like I'm selling food, I'm selling upselling drinks, I'm upselling. And I, I realized very soon that like, Holy cow sales is my forte, uh, just like I did with basketball. And so, uh, pretty much immediately after I, uh, through a friend of mine, uh, way back when I uh, found a company, Laticorp and, uh, that was in Edmonton. Uh, we, we started out, uh, he had a TELUS door to door and that was, you know, just getting into people's door one foot, you know, in the middle of winter, minus 30, that was my goal. Um, uh, but needless to say, you know, I was, I was, I did so well in that I was thrown an opportunity to deal with uh, business to business in the point of sale terminal industry. So things just started to grow from there. And I was able to run a team and, and support a team on TELUS at the same time. Uh, you know, multitasking, it was great, uh, fun, great learning experience and a lot of mistakes. However, you know, back to the, the question at hand, I was still drinking day to day and, uh, didn't happen to really realize it was a problem because I was a making money, b making friends, c having fun, and 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 growing. So I, uh, it wasn't until um, actually I started with the company in 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 Edmonton with you know the same one that we're with together now, um, and then moving to Calgary. That wasn't so. It was about a like I was I was probably twenty five, and I'm thirty five in just a few months here. But I was probably 25 when I really realized that, hey, man, something's wrong. But at that point, it was almost too late. I had lost and gained and lost. I was in a, a, a whirlwind of, of cycle because I would gain so much and then, and then be, I'd be okay with it because don't worry, Jeff's coming back. Um, so I fortunately, with the great family, you know, uh, friends like, like Sean, um, you know, my sister, my brother, and my parents and all of my family, they've always been there for me no matter what, which is just unheard of. Uh, in a lot of my friends' lives and, and Sean as well, you know, he's given me, I don't know, seven opportunities, uh, with the company and, and, and himself. And it's, uh, you don't find people like this too often uh, in life. So I'm very grateful to, to, to be involved with, with this as well. This you know, well. And, and that's, again, thank you for saying, being candid and honest, because, you know, anybody that's got an addiction, you know, be it drugs, be it sex, be it alcohol, you name it. It's a very difficult train to get off. You know, it's very difficult to break that cycle. And especially it's to do with how you feel about yourself. And I know if Sean can come back in here as well, but you know, how do you build yourself up? Because there's enough people around the world that are going to knock you down. You know, there's enough people going to tell you you're doing a bad thing. So in, in terms of your business that you run at the moment, how do you build your team up? How do you make them feel as if they're worthwhile and they can go that mile for that extra mile? How do you do it? What's the psychology behind it? Trying to keep it as simple as possible. I mean, like I, I know, I know where my talents lie. I know where my difficulties lie. And um, the fact of the matter is, is I need to, I need to be honest about when my difficulties arise uh, in order to maintain and grow in, in, in my talents and, and helpfulness. As for like building a team and structure, you know, with people always giving me a little swift kick to the, to the ass or, or, you know, Jeff stay in line, you know, that that's people like Sean, people like Colton, people, people like my parents, but um having that responsibility as well to, to overlook and oversee other people's uh, responsibilities and help build them. That gives me actually more inspiration than anything. I mean, I come from a, a family of teachers, uh, my mother, my grandmother, my sister, I, I could continue. Um, but uh, no, it's just to maintain uh, my own personal attitudes to, to, to help 
the uh, the representatives under me. That is a that is a heartfelt situation as well that I that I take I take very pride very much pride in. Yeah. Okay. And Sean, from the point of view of the company's perspective, do you think a, a structure is extremely important when it comes to building up people's confidence and to be able to put them into a situation where they don't sink, they swim really well, or they float at least to start with. Yeah, no, hundred percent. You know, we definitely have a, a very kind of, you know, structured, you know, routine in the office and kind of how we conduct our training process and whatnot. And, you know, the first thing is kind of making sure that we obviously make the right, uh, you know, decision and kind of who we bring on, you know, to the team here. Um, but, you know, from day one, you know, with the training, like we kind of mentioned uh, earlier, is we kind of have the, the four main marketing systems that we use. And the reason we kind of use those is they're very easy to, for anybody to kind of learn and be able to apply. And, uh, you know, it's very duplicatable. And so right off the hop, you know, we're, we're teaching them something that's like proven to be successful. It's, it's very simple. And, and uh, you know, they can start applying that, you know, immediately we kind of give them that, you know, hands-on training, uh, not only in the office, but, you know, from day one, you know, them going out to the field, they've got someone who's, you know, experienced that, is able to kind of take them step by step through that stuff, you know, um, on a day to day basis. And then, you know, kind of in terms of, you know, building the confidence, um, you know, we do have a fairly accelerated, you know, training program where, um, you know, it's very, very quick process for them to kind of move from that entry level, you know, position into kind of a leadership phase uh, rather quickly, right. So we kind of give them an opportunity to, you know, step up into that leadership position after they've been around for, you know, three, four weeks, or kind of depending on how quickly they're catching on with it. Um, we find that, you know, when people are able to kind of take that step up into that leadership position and start, you know, taking on more responsibilities of actually teaching and training other people, um, you know, they're able to use that stuff that they just learned and kind of it, it reinforces it, you know, that much more, uh, being able to, you know, teach that to somebody, you know, after they've just learned it, you know, it's, it's going to make sure that they are kind of, you know, um, giving them that great example and, and kind of reinforcing all those things that that they're teaching the new person, they've obviously got to be doing it themselves, um, you know, in order to kind of be, be a great example for them, right? So so that's kind of how we, you know, uh, get them through that first initial training process and kind of, you know, build their confidence and get them moving through the program right off the hop. Okay, I've got to put you on the spot, all right? I'm going to make you wriggle <laughs> a little bit, all right? Because you you must be used to this. But now, and, and, and excuse me, if I'm out of order here, you just shoot me right down. This, this kind of it's a bit like multi-level marketing to me a little bit. Right. And I'm being really honest and cards on the table and I'm not saying pyramid because that's not what it feels like. Because based on my experience with Jeff, that definitely wasn't a pyramid sale experience. That was a a well oiled experience that was selling products that I can use. And it does what it says in the tin, literally. Right. Right. Um, So would you say, am I, am I kind of off mark there? Or are we talking about ML, you know, multi-level marketing? No, and you know what? I'm really glad you actually brought that up because a lot of people do get very confused with, you know, our business and, you know, multi-level marketing or what, you know, a lot of people call, you know, a pyramid scheme and, and whatnot, right? But, you know, I'll kind of break down the, the difference between us and, and all these other companies where people really get as confused. Um, there definitely are a lot of similarities, but the, the key difference is, um, you know, number one is we don't make you pay for any kind of product or there's no like package that you have to buy in order to get, you know, signed up in the business, right? which, you know, 99% of the time, that's what you've got to do with companies like, you know, Amway or ItWorks or, you know, Mary Kay, all those other, you know, multi-level marketing companies, right? So that's number one. Number two, you know, our business is not based just strictly off recruiting other people to join our business, right? We actually go out and sell product on a daily basis and we teach you how to sell the product. And, and once again, you're not paying for that product. We're giving it to you on consignment. You're going out and selling it. You bring it back at the end of the day and you're getting paid commission for those products that you've sold right or 
you know, we also do have the base pay, you know, for people who are going through the training process the first couple of weeks so that if they're you know, not as quick to catch on with the sales, then they at least have the base pay to fall back on. So it's not 100% commission. That's another key difference, you know, versus the, the multi-level marketing, right? What's that done from a company point of view? Is that giving you a bit more credibility in the market when you do recruit, that people do see the cards on the table? We're not going to kid you. There's going to be long days because there is. I mean, in any type of sales, you talk eight, nine, 10 hour days. But if you really want to make money, you have an opportunity. That's the point here, isn't it? Yeah, exactly right. You're halfway through listening to On the Track with me, David Wilson. My guests this week are Sean, Jeff and Colton from Simplified Marketing. Next, I wanted to ask Colton how you got on with initially joining the company and what have been some of his biggest challenges to date. Very fast-paced experience for sure. Um, you know, basically right off the hop, you know, teaching, training, you know, just learning all this information, which is very easily digestible. Um, you know, like Sean was mentioning, it's super duplicatable, right? So just kind of being an open book and learning all that stuff and then just really getting your foot in the door and just getting out in the field on that very first day. And like I said, being an open book and just going with the flow and just kind of going with it, right? Because, you know, for me, I never had any sales experience. I had, you know, some on the phone sales experience with, you know, some high ticket stuff, but like never face to face or anything like that, right? So it was, kind of interesting, you know, going out the field the very first day um, and then just kind of being an open book and just going with the flow of how that was going to go and not really having any expectations. And sure enough, everything panned out, right? So it was, it was kind of cool to see. What was your biggest challenge, do you think, on those first couple of weeks when you were out on the area? What was the biggest things that the hurdles? Biggest hurdles is just getting over, you know, the stuff in your mind, kind of, you know, engaging with people, being anxious is a big one too, right? You know, going out to a gas station and then just, going to talk to people every single day. You never know who you're going to run into, right? Just kind of getting over that initial sort of struggle, um, which lasted probably four hours, if that. Um, and then after that, it was, it's, you're comfortable. Right after you do so many reps and talking to people, it, it gets pretty easy, pretty quick. But that was definitely the biggest struggle I had. You know, was, I remember pulling up being like scared out of my mind, you know, God, I'm really going to do this. And then I did it. And I was like, honestly, probably the best decision I've ever made. It's, it's actually a bit of an adrenaline run, isn't it? You know, when you, uh, like I could never go on stage, right? But I know I could sell anything. You know, you give me anything and I'd love it. But you know, that first 20 seconds, Jeff will know this because we, we experienced it together, is the <laughs> adrenaline rush is incredible because you just, you don't know which way it's going to go, do you? You don't know which way it's going to go, you know? And you have to be magnanimous in defeat sometimes, but you also have to be, as my old man would say, the Scots Terrier, don't you? Grab hold of the angle and don't. <laughs> I know that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So would you say that when you carry out what you're doing, and again, I'm going to put you on the spot like I've done with these two guys, because, you know, it's not fair to make them squirm. Do you think sometimes it feels a bit unethical when you first started? Or did it feel like you were kind of pressurizing people? Or did you think, no, actually, you know, I'm doing a great service here and I, I could overcome those kind of fears and qualms that I have, you know, when you first sell stuff? Well, it's actually kind of funny. So my very first day, um, someone tried to recruit me into a financial MLM pyramid scheme. Um, so I kind of, I, I looked at that and it's funny because I always, you know, give the time of day. I sat in on the Zoom call and I listened to all this, the things that these people were talking about, right? And then I kind of took a step back and looked at what we were doing. And I looked at, you know, my first paycheck, especially, you know, after those first couple of weeks. And I said, okay, wait a minute. I'm actually making money. I don't have to pay for anything, right? And, you know, coming from me, like I'm probably, I'm probably one of the most like pure bred entrepreneur people you've ever met. Like 
didn't care about school, failed school all the way through, never even showed up to university. All of my entire lineage owned businesses all the way up and through probably great, great grandparents all own businesses. So I like viscerally hate pyramid schemes and stuff like that. Right. Um, was super against it. And then when I came into this, you know, I seen the product work, I actually used the FW1 for probably about seven years um, prior to ever actually selling it. I mean, I actually seen how good the product was, and, you know, talking to people that had used it at these events previously that, you know, loved the product and thought it was amazing. So never really thought it was unethical to any extent. Um, honestly, I was so bought into the product at that point anyway, that it was, it was something that was super easy for me to sell and all the other products that we've done, you know, up until this point, it never really got to that point. Um, it was actually kind of a relief to see that it wasn't that as, you know, so many other things are, right? You did hint at um, some of your aspirations when you were younger. It sounds as if, again, you very much followed what a lot of salespeople do. You know, they they have a hard time at school. You know, they drop out fairly early or they, you know, they have mediocre marks and they really kind of are a bit lost. You know, they don't really know what to do or they have a clear idea what they, what they want to do. What was your perspective when you were 11 or 12, junior high? Did you have dreams? Do you have ideas of ambitions of what you wanted to do? Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy dreams. Um, <laughs> yeah. 11 or 12, to be honest, to be completely candid with this, I wanted to be an astronaut. That was like my main thing. Um, I was, so I was, I wanted to go to school. I wanted to go, MIT was the place I wanted to go. I had everything planned out, all the courses I wanted to take, all the stuff. Um, and then, you know, got into boxing, got a little bit of uh, a few concussions, you know, school started getting tough. It was actually funny. So I got into high school. I couldn't even read getting into grade 10. It was, it was that hard for me to concentrate on things. Um, so I started to look at other things that I was more passionate about, right? So instead of instead of school, because as a kid, you know, it seems like that's the only path that you have. And, you know, unfortunately, our parents were taught that, which maybe in their in their time, I guess it, it worked out for them. But, you know, in, in our time with the younger generation and, you know, we have social media, we have the Internet, all these different companies that are opening up. You know, it's not it's not the same as it used to be. Right. And I kind of started realizing that I, obviously I got turned into Gary Vee. A little bit tuned into some of that stuff you know as i was building um like a fitness coaching company kind of coming out of high school um that was basically where i spent all my time on uh, after class and you know before class and all that kind of stuff i just kind of realized okay like university wasn't the place that i wanted to go and just kind of realized school's not going to get me there and i'd seen all these you know bachelors of business not getting jobs and you know not getting to where they wanted to go right and you know going into debt and you know not being able to pay it off and all these issues right and I just kind of realized, like, you know, if I can, if I can kind of take control, like we always talk about, you know, how important taking control is. If I have the faith that I can take control of what I'm doing, um, then that's going to be better than, you know, any certification or degree that I could possibly get. Right. No, that, that's great to hear that from such a young person, because, you know, we're so much um, fed this propaganda and I'll call it propaganda. You must go to college. You must go to university. You must get the degree. And, you know, really, let's be partly frank about it. The only people that really benefit from that are the educational establishments. You know, it's gone up probably 20-fold in the last 20 or 30 years, people having to go and get degrees. I mean, you know, you used to be able to go in the police or the fire service or somewhere that was really great, a great job, great ethical job. You know, it was a vacation in life. And, you you know, you got your grade 12 and you went and you trained while you were in the job, which is fantastic. And a lot of those opportunities, I mean, Sean, I can maybe bring you back in here, actually. Do you find in your experience, your business experience now, that a lot of those opportunities are missing now for, for especially young people coming out of school, that they don't have that middle ground anymore? It's either you've got to get a degree or you come out and educate. There's really a, a big void in the middle, would you say? 
Yeah, no, 100%. You kind of hit the, the nail on the head there with that one, where really the only people that are benefiting, you know, are the, the schools and whatnot, right? Because, you know, like Colton kind of touched on as well, you know, a lot of people, you know, come into our business and they've got, you know, the degrees and the, the education and whatnot, and, you know, they just can't find a job because they don't have the experience, right? Um, you know, so they're applying to entry level positions, you know, so they can gain the experience and, you know, get into whatever particular field that they went to school for, um, you know, while also trying to pay off, you know, these huge student loans and, and all this other stuff, right? So what used to be kind of a safe bet, you know, going to school and, you know, once you graduated, you were almost guaranteed that you'd get a, you know, decent paying job and be able to kind of get a good career out of it. You know, that's just not the case anymore, right? Especially with, you know, everything going on these days, you know, COVID and the economy and this, that and the other, right? So, you know, definitely, um, like we kind of touched on earlier as well, like, you know, for someone who, you know, isn't quite sure, you know, what they want to do, they're not completely sold on going to school, you know, and they kind of want to take control of their future, like kind of Colton situation there as well, you know, definitely getting into sales and just getting that experience, um, you know, and learning the kind of real life, you know, skill set, which, you know, is going to apply to, you know, tons of different things, not just, you know, a sales career. Um, it was definitely a great alternative, you know, especially in this day and age. We've got an overview of the company. We know your backgrounds. We know a bit of the nitty gritty about the three of you. What's the ambitions? And I'm going to start, actually, Colin, I'm going to start with you, to be fair. Where are you looking at uh, in the next five or 10 years? Where do you think you might be? Um, some lofty ambitions. You know, Sean and I have chatted about this stuff multiple times. Um, I'm actually just in the in the process here within the next few weeks, hopefully, of, you know, opening up, kind of splitting off onto, onto my own company there, kind of partnering up with, with Sean and then, you know, hopefully Jeff here at some point as well. So, you know, definitely excited for that initial piece, you know, just to get going and, you know, to start really teaching and training guys and kind of growing. Um, but yeah, looking five, 10 years down the road, um, you know, I want to obviously pass on the opportunity to other people and, you know, teach and train them, you know, young kids like me that came from, you know, that college background that just didn't pan out, right. Kind of show them that there's a, there's another way and another area they can put that time and energy into. Um, but yeah, long-term, you know, 10 years down the road, I actually spent quite a bit of time down in Brazil. So I want to open up a charity down there. Um, you know, definitely seen, you know, some kids and some troubles and stuff like that. Uh, that's definitely one of the one of the main goals that I actually haven't talked about really publicly up until this point. So that's, uh, that's the end goal. It's ad admirable giving back because I always think it's important to give back. Really, really important. Jeff, so so you got your crystal ball in front of you. You know, you're an ambitious guy. I know that. Right. <laughs> but realistically, how does the future look for Jeff? For one of the first times, you know, in my sort of life of struggles um, and, and uh, the ups and downs, let's say. For one of the first times, you know, I'm finally, um, you know, I took four months to myself and with my parents and just, and just, just during COVID time too, which is, you know, just lucky time. Um, and I, I was able to sort of get a sense of gravity on where I wanted to be now. Um, and as soon as I came down and got back into the grit and grind with Sean, uh, my goals came right back to picture, except for this time, I don't have any side distraction. You know, I've got, I've got my friends and my family that are, that, I know we're sitting right here and right here and right here. And so in, in, you know, right now I'm as Colton just finished saying, you know, as, as Sean has helped me as, as other owners have helped me, I do want to give back in regards to helping other individuals and, and people with ambitions as well. I want to teach them how to open their own companies as well. I mean, I, as, as Colton said, I come from a long line of uh, a family with property ownerships. Uh, my parents own a cheerleading company and gymnastics and dance um and i want to do the same thing you know they've they've helped people buy shares in their company and and in turn you know i i want to build something uh i guess you could say over oversell but but dynasty you know i like to think big 
Sean, I'm going to leave the final word to you because I think this is really, really important. I think your background really exemplifies where somebody comes from somewhere where you've not had the the extra lifts up to get where you are. You had to work for it. You had to, at 13 or 14, get on your feet and start to control your life. So I want you to come close to the microphone so we can hear, because this is really important. If, 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 and I, I usually say if you were 18 again, but I'm not going to do 18 with you. If you were... <laughs> If you are 13 or 14 again, right, you now you know what your life has been like, okay? What would you say to yourself at that age? What would be the guiding arm that's around your shoulder, you know, the mentor that you keyed in? And who, what would you say? Um, well, that's, that's a tough question. Yeah. I never really thought about that one, to be honest with you. Yeah, put me on the spot a couple of times here today. But um, honestly, I, uh, I would probably suggest to, to myself at that age to you know, stick, uh, stick a little bit more closely, you know, to, uh, to my mentors that I had at the time, um, you know, and maybe not drop out of school, you know, when I was, uh, as young, I would have at least liked to have finished off, you know, high school, um, you know, kind of built maybe a little bit more of those connections, you know, with some of my, uh, you know, classmates and stuff like that. Cause at the end of the day, uh, it's not always about what you know, but also who you know as well. Right. So, uh, would have been nice to have a little bit more, you know, of a network, uh, at that time, but also, you know, like I mentioned that that first manager that I did have, you know, probably one of the biggest mentors in my life, uh, you know, even up until this day, um, you know, we kind of grew apart, you know, once I left that business and I wish I would have kept, you know, a little bit more in touch and kind of maintain that relationship. Um, even though we weren't, you know, working together as closely anymore, um, you know, and just not letting it get to my head. Cause of course, you know, as we're, we're all young and, you know, going through our teenage years, uh, we like to think that we know everything and, and don't like to listen to other people. Right. And so, you know, I'm no different myself. I kind of went through that phase where I was like, yeah, you know, I don't need school. I don't need my parents. Like, you know, I'm making all this money. I'm running my own team and this and that, um, you know, and I maybe kind of got a little bit ahead of myself. And if I would have, you know, uh, not only, like I mentioned earlier, maintain that relationship with my previous mentor, but also, you know, kind of maintained a little bit more kind of humility and, and kind of uh, took more of the advice that I had gotten, not only from, you know, my mentor at the time, but also, you know, other friends and, and family, you know, I, I could have probably even been further along in life than I even am right now. Um, so that that's probably the one main thing that I would, uh, you know, tell myself back, uh, you know, at that age. That's fantastic advice. Well, listen, I'm going to leave the last word to you yourself again. And uh, if somebody's looking for an opportunity, um, who ideally are you looking for uh, in terms of recruiting for your company? The three main qualities that we look for. And I mean, uh, you could probably find it, you know, if you look at my website, um, you know, number one is, is a great attitude, as I'm sure, you know, anytime we're dealing with people, you know, you've got to have a great attitude. It's either going to attract or repel people. Right. So first and foremost, you know, you've got to have that positive attitude if you're going to be working, you know, with, with people. Right. Um, secondly is, you know, a uh, strong work ethic. Uh, obviously, like you mentioned, there's going to be long days, there's going to be, you know, rejection, you're kind of putting in the miles talking to tons of people and, you know, the sales industry in general, regardless of, you know, which specific, you know, company or products or whatever it is, um, it's always going to be performance based, right? Not only in terms of your compensation, but also, um, that's the one thing that I actually, you know, fell in love with uh, about the industry itself was that you're, you're not only going to get paid what you're worth, you know, based off your results, but also that's going to determine, you know, how quickly you're going to be able to kind of progress within your career, right? So, you know, a strong work ethic is uh, definitely crucial. And then the last one, you know, like Colton kind of touched on as well, um, which is having that open, you know, open book mentality or student mentality, uh, where, you know, we've got the proven systems and structure, like, you know, we've been doing it uh, for years, like, we're not looking for someone to come and reinvent the wheel, but have that open mentality and kind of learn everything that we teach you, apply it with the proper attitude and work ethic, 
you know, and you're going to get the results, right? Okay. I'd love you to just tell us about your website and how we can get a hold of you personally. Yeah, for sure. So you can find us on Google, um, simplifiedmarketingsolutions.ca is the website. We're on Facebook, Instagram, you know, LinkedIn, all that jazz. Um, you know, uh, I can give you the phone number as well. Uh, for the office here, it's 403-454-3996. Uh, we're all over, you know, LinkedIn, uh, or sorry, ZipRecruiter, Indeed, all that stuff. So I'm sure, you know, if you just search it up, you can find us. And um, But, you know, if you're at all interested in, you know, getting involved or even just finding out more, you know, I suggest contact us directly, you know, come in, sit down. If you have any questions, you know, get it from the source. Don't just look at, you know, what you can find online, because as we all know, you can't believe everything you read on the internet, right? No, that's very true. And I, I think to be fair, I mean, I did my research and you're definitely right. There was the two angles that people were coming from. I think based on what you guys have said today, and you've been very candid, all three, you've been extremely candid. And I really appreciate that is if you are motivated, maybe you didn't do well at school, but you're motivated and you want to make a career for yourself. You can't go wrong with sales. It's as simple as that. As long as you take the training on board, as long as you apply the methods. And the bottom line is, if you, as long as you work hard, that's the bottom line. You put the hours in, you get the results out. That's what I always say. Uh, Jeff, if, if you were going to give any advice to anybody, young or old, who's lost in this world, what would it be? Never give up. I mean, it's as tacky or as cliche as that sounds, you know, like there are many and plenty of people that haven't given up on me. So why would I give up on myself? But, uh, you know, find that passion, find that power and persevere through and grow. Pass that on to the next, you know, um, as far as like Sean was just, you know, touching base on in regards to review and everything. I mean, I came back to Alberta and I'm moving my entire life down back to Calgary because I actually have him, a younger person, a younger friend as a mentor and very professional individual. And he treats everybody as fair as possible. So long as you come in hard work, great student mentality, as he described all over. But if I had any of the biggest advice, uh, whether it be sales or anything, um, follow your, follow what your heart and what your gut tells you. And, and you know, there will be hard times. Persevere because you will grow. I promise. Oh, thank you all three very much. It's Sean, Jeff, and Colton. It's been a real pleasure. And thanks for giving up your evening because I know you have to stay late for this one. Yeah, for sure. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Dave. You've been listening to On Another Track with David Wilson. My guests this week were Sean, Jeff, and Colton from Simplified Marketing, a great way to own your business through hard work and dedication. Remember, there are more conversations coming up in the series. Just look out for On Another Track with David Wilson on your local podcast platform and subscribe. This has been a BritCam production for Urban Aspect Incorporated, keeping us safe on the roads of North America. Music